You're listening to the Solution Focus Podcast, the official podcast of the UK Association for Solution Focus Practice. And I'm your host, Alan Parry. In this episode of the Solution Focus Podcast, my guest is Matt Ayton. Now, Matt's going to give us a step-by-step case study of how he applied solution-focused practice in his own work life. And what makes it all the more fascinating is that this is Matt's first attempt at applying solution-focused in a work environment. So I was curious how it worked out for him and how you can apply it in your own work life too. So a big welcome to Matt Ayton. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, good morning. Thank you very much. Now, you're going to tell us a story today, aren't you, about um, something that happened in your work life. So just, just to give us some context, what actually is your, your job title and who do you work for? So I work for a company called uh, EY. It's a global audit firm and I work in tax and my job title is senior manager. Okay. So it's fa- fairly removed from the circumstances where we met, if you like. Yeah, but uh, so that yeah that that's my uh, that's my day job. And when did you first know that solution focus was of interest to you? Um, it, it kind of <laughs> it kind of landed on me really. So I I started my interest in solution focus as a consumer basically. Uh, various circumstances. Not long after I moved to Liverpool, in fact, although there's no connection there, I um, <laughs> ended up. With a uh, being signed off work and various uh, circumstances, but I ended up speaking to a guy called Steve Flat, who you know very oh, well. Oh yeah, I know Steve. Yeah, and then um, and, and that's it. So I, I just um, was seeing a therapist, and he started asking me questions about if I wasn't feeling how I was feeling, how would I be feeling? And, ah, and, I, and there and there it went. Yeah, and Steve is a solution focused practitioner as well. So that's right. Okay, so it was quite fortuitous, really, wasn't it, that you landed with a solution-focused person? Um, yes. Now I certainly see that. At the time, it didn't. Uh, you know, it was just whatever it is. It was the second second therapist I was supposed to see, and the first one didn't work out. I didn't even get to see them. There was a, just it got cancelled, and this was uh, the uh, occupational health nurse sent me to him. So as far as I, ju- I just arrived, not knowing anything about it, didn't know what I was coming to. And so it's been quite a quite a journey since then. And in terms of your experience of it, as, as you were kind of going through that process, when did you when did you first realise that this was a, a methodology that was powerful? Uh, I, I don't know really. It's, it's hard to think back. I can remember early on waking up and sort of having this sort of miracle question in my head and feeling like I'm noticing things that I have described. So I didn't really think about it as such, but I do remember that sort of feeling of, Hmm, this is, you know, that feeling of noticing stuff. So you'd woken up of them. You'd kind of gone through this miracle question where you describe what your miracle, um, what your, what your miracle would look like. And then you were noticing aspects of that actually in your life. Yeah, and then just sort of, I mean, small, small things. But that, that's when I started to realize that the conversations were being taken in and coming out again, you know, in, in my day-to-day. Yeah. 
that's the first time I sort of realized that that's, you know, that it's having an effect as to when it, I started to realize that it was a, you know, it is a, a powerful, uh, process or a powerful approach that was probably a bit bit later on yeah and and now you've actually applied it so i'm I'm curious to dig into to what happened in terms of this this example that you're going to share with us all but be, before i get to that i'm a what experience have you had in terms of like in a formal setting applying solution focused say in your work life before this event happened no, nothing nothing really i mean the it's i did the solution focus certificate yeah i did with susie curtis which and with the solution focus trainers john wheeler's um organization so i did that sort of after i'd finished sort of my sessions with steve i was still really interested in it and really wanted to explore it more and then the certificate came up so i i took that um opportunity as i see it and then that's through that I met some other people who were also interested local people, the group that, that through which we met, in fact. Yeah. So that, that so the, but that's been something I've been doing on on my own out, out of pure interest in the topic and a desire to kind of know more about it. Yeah. But in terms of work, I mean, it's very different to my work life. You know, it, it it's it pretty much. Um, completely separate i try and think in a solution focused way i try and act in a solution focused way at work i do but it's it's a language that isn't familiar with the you know the the usual uh, talk so ha- what happened in terms of this particular story because i know you you recently went to india and the, the stuff that you did there was really interesting so that's that's what i'm looking to dig into um give us some background in terms of in terms of what happened there before we dig into the details, yeah, sure. Well, I, I suppose the the uh, essentially, I mean, it wasn't a, a huge deal as such, but it was just it just an opportunity presented to run a, a session that was that I had complete control over, and I could do it in a certain way. And I knew I had a team of about fifteen people to work with. I was there for a week, but. And I was seeing everyone one to one individually and just working together on a big project. That's what we're doing. Yeah. And so I just had this opportunity to have a meeting with no real agenda other than whatever agenda we wanted, but with the goal of being a kind of team meeting to understand where we are, set some goals, some shared goals, and to sort of motivate as much as anything else, I think was the, what I wanted to achieve. Yeah. And how did you how how did you decide to kind of do this? So you've you've approached this in a solution focus way, I believe. How did you decide that you were actually going to do it in that way? I think I decided about twenty minutes into the solution focus conference in Liverpool. In, oh, really? Uh, earlier <laughs> in the year. Well, probably probably a bit later than that because I, yeah. I kind of knew this trip was coming up, but it was at the conference. Where I've always I've always seen solution focus from a perspective of a therapy, a way of supporting people who need support, and it's a you know a really effective talking therapy, and that that's that's kind of how I saw it. But then at the conference, I just everyone was using it in a slightly different way or for a slightly different purpose. 
And then I, there were a couple of sessions where it was absolutely just totally focused on organizations, teams, and working with people in a, in a different setting. And that's what gave me the, but the idea is the wrong way. That's what gave me the confidence to say, well, let's just, why don't I just do this? Yeah. And by the time the conference had finished, I said, oh, I'm definitely going to do this. Yeah. So you, you hitherto sort of seen this as a, as a therapy, but when you went to the conference and saw so many people in different professional settings using solution focused in different ways, and particularly yeah. in organizations that kind of switched the light bulb on for you. It, it did. And I had some really interesting conversations with, with different people. And I was very much inspired by the fact that everyone had, had time to speak and was in, you know, people were offering me help and, you know, have, have helped me since, you know, I got in touch with people and have been helped along the way. So, you know, that, you know, that just sort of all sort of fell together. But the, the thing I found interesting was that the approach to SF within organizations, it wasn't a completely different model. It was the same fundamentals. Yeah. It, you know, I didn't have to go and retrain and do a different course to get there. It was just a case of applying those things I'd learned with, with a different type of group of people. Yeah, so the, so the same principles applied. You just had to apply them in a different context, basically. In a different context and yeah. a different, different set of circumstances. But the questions aren't fundamentally different. The the way you're listening for the answers and, and trying to tease out the the uh, solution building parts of the answers is uh, exactly the same. So before we get into the into the session because i'd love to dig into the details because that's that's really interesting in terms of what you actually did but i'm curious before we get to that how would how do these sessions typically go down so you know uh, something that something exactly like this where you're called out and you've got free reign and you're a, a week with a, a client like this how mm -hmm. would they typically go down if you hadn't have gone down a solution focused route what would we normally see people doing um tricky to answer that but i mean i i suppose what we normally do is talk is tell people what the plan is tell people what the goals are and tell people what we're going to do here and what we're going to do there and and that works and, and in the circumstances where we are where we're coming and we're work, working together with colleagues in this particular situation so we're all colleagues but it's it's more a case of kind of leading by telling people this is where we're going this is how we're going to do and and do training you know yeah. usual technical training and things like this so you know not a million miles but it different in the sense that it isn't driven by what's being said to you as the leader of that particular session yes yeah, so you, you know didn't bring any slides or anything like that you know yeah. I, I purposely didn't want to come with the answers that that was i think the slight difference in my mind well i think people have probably recognized that sort of um standard approach where you call in somebody from the outside and they have information and they tell you what's valuable i suppose that's a that's a very standard uh, yeah. industry model isn't it really i've certainly experienced that and i've done that as well as a trainer myself how, how did you yeah, that's the expectation really yeah absolutely how did you do it how did you approach it uh, from a solution focus point of view i um 
cheated is probably the wrong word. I, I made <laughs> sure I got in touch with some good people. So I, I contacted Susie and said, come on, what's a good, what's a good way to start the meeting? Good question to ask to get people thinking. And she gave me a great question, which is what, what do you as a team, you know, in pairs, what do you as a team know about the team tells you that this is going to be a success? Wow. That's a good question. So, so it gets people thinking about where we are now. And because the, the group of people had worked together a lot longer than I had worked with them. So they knew each other better than I knew them. So yeah. doing a kind of introducing, what's your name, where'd you come from would, wouldn't work. So but this, I liked this cause it give us the question again, Matt, what is it, you know, about this team yeah. that tells you this is going to be a success, right? Brilliant. And then get people to shout, shout out some answers and just, Get people think because these are quite unusual questions for for the team. I yeah, mean, they're expecting that question. What kind of things were they coming up with? Uh, the first one made me laugh. It was we're young, so <laughs> being happy to turn forty, I felt great to be part of a team that defines itself by being young. <laughs> but um, there, there was some good stuff. So um, the uh, unity and support was one that came up. So they they, they feel like a team. Yeah, uh, they. I've got it written in front of me. So they, they grab changes, which was an interesting one, which we explored a little bit. What did they mean um, by that, that they grab changes? I think the the underlying point on there is that there's been a lot of change going on and, and they've they've taken some opportunities. So there's been a lot of change. The whole project, you know, for whatever reason, involved a lot of change for them. So I think that was a... A sort of reference to the fact that they've they've got hold of them. They've taken some opportunities. Yeah, and I think so, I think that was the what they were saying. So they they've taken the opportunities that came to them. Yeah. So they'd recognised in themselves that they were quite, I suppose, agile when it comes to change, and it, it comes along, and they kind of grab hold of that opportunity, and they they saw that in themselves. Once you asked them I'd the like question, to, I'd, like, I'd like to think that's that that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So it was. I didn't get a chance to really explain it because it. I wanted this was more just to get people thinking about yeah answering unusual questions if you like yeah and and what happened after they'd so they went into pairs and they they asked themselves that question about what strengths the team already had that that helped them know that this was going to be a success and and mm-hmm. what happened after that Matt so that, that we did that just for a few minutes and then I pinched another question which i came from the session that john brooker did at the conference yeah it struck me as not very sf to start with and then i then i got it so the first question is on the you know writing a bit of paper what it is that really frustrates you about the work you're doing at the moment and you describe that as not very sf in what why why do you describe it in that way matt because it feels like it's trying to find a problem to speak about and that is not normally your first question with an SF approach, as I saw it. But what I liked about this, because once everyone had written it down, I didn't really explore what they'd written down. Yeah. I just told them to screw it up and say, right, now take that, that problem and then answer this question. What do I actually want in this regard? Yeah. So what do I want from this particular project? So to try to turn it into a, what frustrates me into what I want for instead of the frustration, what I would like is. Yeah. And and when that's paired up, it is very solution focused, isn't it? I mean, this is often what happens in the therapy room. Um, going back to that original context, 
people will often come in and they'll tell you a problem. And then a, a, a classic question is to say, and what would you like instead? So exactly. it sounds like you've actually engineered it within the, within the training room there. Uh, well, I, I, think, I think that that's it. And that's, that's why I took that particular one. Cause I liked it. Cause it gives people some, you kind of need a problem to not talk about if you see what I mean, <laughs> in a funny kind of way. You need, you need to have a, a, a point of focus because in the therapy room, people ha- people know what it is. They yeah. know why they're there. Whereas in this situation, people are coming from all different things. They've got different circumstances and you need something that you can work from. So I, I like, I liked that. So you were using that as a point of focus that people could use almost like a, a jumping off point rather than a, a place to start exploring and getting stuck in. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. this is a group of 15 people. So we got, so I asked them to write it down on a post-it note and we stuck it onto the board. Okay. And then, and again, this was from the workshop at the uh, conference. I then read, read them out to make sure that I'd understood them, etc. but made sure I was summarizing it correctly and, and repeating it back. So yeah, just so everyone can hear it. And what we did, we got it down to, you know, a few, a few items, a few areas where you can, you can sort of pair them together. And a lot of them were, you know, were quite practical, you know, access to information and better resource allocation. And, and you know, these sort of practical things, yeah. you know, better management of deadlines and all this sort of stuff was coming out. But there were a few um, you could, you could see there were a few set, a few different items where everything was sort of feeding into one of those. So we managed to get down to what was close to uh, not, not one single team goal. And I probably could have, or should have, I don't know which got it down to one, but I didn't have a huge amount of time. And I, th- so just just to recap there, what you've done, you've asked them what's frustrated them. You've kind of thrown that away quite quickly, asked them what they want instead, and then you've stuck all that up on the wall and mm-hmm. you've shared that with them. And then you've basically, you basically grouped that into a number of themes. Am I understanding that right? That's right. That's yeah. right. So, it, so there wasn't 15 different. In the end, we had, we're looking four, five different areas where every, everyone's sort of best hope, if you like, had come under one of those headings. Yeah. So that, when I got to that point, I thought, okay, this is, um, this is, this is, this is fine. We can, we can go from here. So then I then asked the question again, this one, uh, actually this one that came from, uh, Andrew Gibson, who I met at the conference, oh, yeah. he wrote, wrote to him before I left for India, and he sent me some uh, some suggestions very kindly, which was, you know, imagine that these goals on the board, that we'd achieved them brilliantly. It was achieved. Yeah. When we come in tomorrow, what would we, as a team, notice would be different? I like that question. So, so imagine... It was a question. Yeah. So imagine that the goals have been achieved brilliantly and we come in tomorrow and what would we notice? Yes. Yeah. So that was, I did get some pretty blank looks back. I had to kind of <laughs> ask the question a few times because it is an unusual question. And in such a situation, you know, we're going quite fast at this point. We haven't got loads of time. So yeah. 
if I if I was to do this again, I'd try and slow it down or take or or make sure I had more time. Yeah. So I felt a little bit like I was just bulldozing through. But you oh. know, the people we got there. What do you like about that particular question? What was the value of that question? Do you think, Matt? It requires you to put yourself in a an environment. In this case, a working environment where you don't have all the problems that you kind of face on yeah. a day-to-day basis. It, 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 because everyone, no one wants to kind of turn up at work and be all stressed. No, no one, that's no one's aim. So that, you know, looking forward and imagining what it would be like if you didn't turn up at work and it was yeah exactly how you wanted to be. I, I, I like that. It's yeah. very solution focused for a start. And I guess as well, it, it kind of links people to, you know, why, why are these goals valuable? And it, it connects them to what would happen if once they've actually met the goals, how things would be different too, I suppose. Yes, uh, absolutely. And it, and it, yeah. And it, and it does it in such a way that you can kind of imagine yourself coming to work at your desk, you know, and all the normal things. Yeah. And it's exactly like a miracle question. It's not when you wake up and you're having the best day ever, you're waking up in a normal situation, but with, in the absence of X, Y, Z. Yeah. With these goals and, having been met. Yeah. And these goals have been met. So we've yeah. got this situation and, um, and it was good. And people had some quite good responses. I had to, you know, be more motivated. Um, people would be more calm. They would react more calmly. So, you know, they could see, they could see a difference to where, what happening now in certain situations and they, where they would like to be yeah. and what would be different. And what was their what was their kind of demeanour as you were going through this 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 session so far? And you're asking them these questions about imagine if all your goals were were accomplished and you, you're actually in work tomorrow and what's different. What were they What were they like in the in the room? You know, what was their personality like at this moment? In, enjoyable. I mean, this is this is a, a young team, as they as they pointed out. Yes, a young team, you know of, of, of ambitious people, and they've got you know they've got a you've got good jobs working for a big company. So there's, and you know, and they're very appreciative of, of someone coming over and spending time with them. It's so it was, it was, it was fun. You know, people were enjoying themselves, different, different members of the team were speaking up. Obviously there was some of the more, more experienced and more senior people taking a bit of a lead that that's perfectly normal, but everyone, was contributing yeah and felt they could i hopefully felt that they could contribute and there wasn't any bad you know there's no such thing as a bad answer kind of thing so yeah it was and then a few people who i thought were very quiet actually became some of the most animated so oh really it, it was nice, nice to see that that kind of uh, you know where you've piqued someone's interest or you've you've asked them something that uh, has got them thinking yeah, that sounds really interesting because often in a training situation, the people who who are quiet they just stay quiet right throughout the session. So how did you how did you manage to to get those quieter people actually involved so they became some of the more vocal ones? Um, probably, I mean, just asking them. Yeah, you know, it was a small enough group in a small enough room to not. To, to be able to do that you know once you get to a, a bigger kind of event you can't really do that so much but it, you know asking people making sure that everyone's had a chance to speak you know the what else asking what else you know you, you've always oh, got yeah. to do that. so 
if if someone hasn't spoken much looking to them and saying anything else you know encourages yeah a response. i mean not all, sometimes people shrug but that's you know that's yeah. perfectly, perfectly allowed as well there isn't always something else so the what else question was very useful then in terms of bringing in some of those quieter voices because you could gently prompt them with a look and and using that question yeah i'd say so yeah yeah uh, so i hadn't really thought about that but that's a yeah, I think that's right. And it gives you a, as a, as a trainer, a chance to think almost because you don't have to move on. You can just ask anything else. Yeah. So, so what happened next in in the session? So they described how life would be different if these goals had been successfully met. Yes. What happened so we next went, in the session? So we went through what would other people notice. So we talked about the, um, the, 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 the team, the other team leader, what would he notice? What would, um, client notice how would they perceive um this change and so we just talked through the you know again the the standard sf model what would other people notice and we talked through that in that respect and it's a great question that isn't it because it it helps people realize that the changes that they make don't just impact themselves or their own little world but actually does have an impact on others Mm -hmm. yes it's and it, it makes it more real, I think, in that yeah. sense, because it goes stops sort of just being in your head and it starts to become something that's actually more tangible because other people are noticing yeah. changes. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, I think that's a, a, you know, a very good question in any, any circumstances. It makes you think a bit more. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a great point, isn't it? That once you start imagining other people and these relationships beginning to be affected, it, it does make it more tangible, doesn't it? Mm. Oh, it really does. And that's that's when I, I think, the way I think about it is when you start to imagine what other people might notice, it helps you notice yes. things better. You know, it's, I think we can, we can go, in any situation, we can go charging through but we're totally in our heads and not really any aware of how we, you know, of what's going on and what people are perceiving beyond us. I don't think that's um, unusual, but it's quite. I like that question from that from that perspective. Yeah, me too. So that was yeah. So that that was the sort of overall sort of miracle question and the um, what would you notice? How would we notice? And then I introduced a scale oh okay and i did this because i it's i kind of wanted something to leave behind me if that makes sense absolutely and well, it, what, do, what do you mean by that i'm saying absolutely but you know what do, what do you mean by that because maybe i'm I, saying absolutely and i'm not getting it yet no no it's remember maybe i don't really know what i mean but the i, th- I think this uh, the scale is very useful because it's a uh, it's a it's a progress chart and I think people understand it, you know, implicitly they understand. Yeah. So what, what were you asking them to scale, Matt? So the scale was, so at the 10 was this, everything we talked about, brilliant. Yeah. You know, everything happening brilliantly. And the, um, and, and zero was, you know, none of that. The right. worst possible situation, we may as well just not, not come in tomorrow. <laughs> you know, yeah. We're all, we're all fired or whatever. So the, um, but it, you know they they'd been through a big change, so they'd been through a quite a stressful set of circumstances, and so it was quite 
easy if that's the right word but it was quite easy for everyone to sort of think back a bit to when it was a more difficult circumstance so that immediately gave us the opportunity to look at progress okay so what number did they give themselves on the scale roundabout um i think they all sort of settled on four quite quickly so okay i'm not sure why if if, is is that because it is a genuine four or is it because that was the first number that came out and then everyone nodded, but we did, we did explore it in, in the sense that, you know, why, why not three? Why not two? Yeah. And that's where people did come up with ideas about improvements that had happened. So, you know, some some kind of technology that had been brought in that had helped them, uh, additional team members being brought in, which had relieved some of the um, pressure. So, you know, the, the why so high on the scale question produced a lot of answers. People were volunteering reasons why it was four and not three and not two. And what different, and, what difference do you think that made to them when they started to to kind of realize just how much progress that they'd already made towards the, the things that they'd been talking about? Well, I, 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 I'd, like to, I'd like to think they started to realize actually, wow, what a lot of progress we have made. And, yeah. I, and I, I think that is it. I'm, I have to say, I think, because that certainly was my view of it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm biased. <laughs> inherently. <laughs> but that, I mean, the, the, that, there was definitely things coming out that, have happened in yeah. a recent period of time that has been an improvement. It has been progress towards this, you know, brilliant set of circumstances that, um, that is the goal. So when you say that you wanted the scale, I mean, first of all, the scale obviously gets them in touch with what that progress is, but you said before that you wanted the scale to be something that you would leave behind once you left so what, what's your sense of how they might use this scale going forward? The, as, a, as a reminder to notice progress, I think that was what I was hoping because the nature of these kind of projects is that sort of massive changes are rare. You know, massive changes being an introduction of a, a new piece of work into the scope or you know someone having to take over a new region you know, you know these are kind of big changes yeah. to someone's circumstances but actually they're relatively rare or they don't certainly don't happen every month so there's a lot of repetitive work in there so what i what i'm hoping is that by looking at the scale they think okay so one of these big changes might be a seven but actually better communication, responding more calmly, people being more relaxed, if they start noticing that as progress up the scale, then that is in itself part of this preferred future happening. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, it's such a good point, Matt, because that that sounds really empowering, doesn't it? Because some of the things that you describe as big changes, I mean, uh, it might not always be the case, but I'm hearing those that often they were kind of externally you know, they, 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 they were the gift of other people, whereas these sorts of changes that you're describing in terms of better communication, that's something that people could recognize that they've already done and could do more of, and that was actually in their power. 
that that's 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 the hope that i mean this is the the sort of the difficult thing is you you, you can't tell someone that that's yeah. <laughs> that's the bit that we have to realize but in in sort of to answer the the sort of the the, the question that's what i was hoping with the scale was to get people thinking about small incremental improvements in the in their view of the circumstances yeah and get and just you know and 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 I, and I keep going back so whenever i speak to well not whenever but i try and have conversations with people among you know i speak to someone in the team every day at least oh really just try and you know make a little reference to it and things like that just to just to keep it in people's minds well, it's interesting that you're still in in touch. So, when did this um, when did this session happen, Matt? So this happened. So yeah, one month ago. Okay, about a month ago. So, what's been the difference? Do you think, like, seeing as you're in touch with them and you can talk to them and you can kind of remind them about the scale, that thing, that gift that you've left behind for them. What difference mm-hmm. has it made to have gone through this solution focused process as a team together? it's difficult to answer because it's hard to put to explain. So for example, there are, I, I can see all sorts of improvements, but I can't say that's because of that. Well, what I, are the improvements that you have seen? Pe- people are a bit more relaxed. People are a bit more under control, but there's a whole load of, there is a whole project to make things more stable anyway. That, that's a big part of our work. So this one meeting in itself cannot possibly take the credit for it yeah but but the way i view and the way i am able to speak to people i'm now able to have more solution focused conversations with people quicker so people kind of know now i'm going to ask them an unusual question (laughs) when i speak to them so i had a had a call with one of the team yesterday and you know he he knew that it wasn't just a chance to you know complain about something i was going to be asking him you know Wow. Unusual questions and questions about a scale and questions about how he wants things to be. So, well, that's an in interesting that cultural change, isn't it? Because if people see these kind of calls, would traditionally be where they complain. Your solution-focused questions are going to put people in a. Um, what's the best way of saying it? In a more well, I suppose a more solution-focused approach. Because I'm guessing that the I'm guessing that you're training them by now that when they complain, you're going to ask them what they want instead, and then they're going to have to think that through. Well, that that, that that's that's what I'm hoping for. So this yeah. is the this is the aim, and and it and it, and it doesn't always work by any means. You know, it's not um, absolutely you know done and dusted, but it is a. It is, a, yeah, it is a cultural change. I mean, for me as much as anything, you know. Yeah. And it's sort of by doing this, it's kind of given, given myself permission to keep, keep talking to people in this way and, and keep approaching the problems that come up in this way and, and, and working with, you know, a team of, team of sort of cool young people in this way. It's funny you say that there in terms of giving permission because it almost sounds like as well as all the good stuff that happened where they thought about the the issues that were that they have to deal with you've actually trained them in solution focused processes haven't you and solution focused ways of thinking and so that means that it's actually had a difference on your confidence by the sound of it to to keep on talking like this because now they know the language yeah i'd agree and i'd actually say to be quite honest part part of this whole process has been a you know 
entirely selfish to, you know, to, to kind of to practice, but also to sort of start getting things into 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 sort of my my reality rather than something that happens over there outside of work. Yeah, you know, something that I can. Uh, use without having to go through a huge amount of change just simply change the way i approach the different uh, pieces of work i do because you never know what you're going to do day to day so you have you're constantly just speaking to people that's part of working life these days yeah. <laughs> we're all connected we're always on the phone so that yeah that, that's been a, that's been a sort of learning curve from my perspective so what are you most pleased about um regarding the session when you look back on it what are the things that really please you about the session and please you about how you conducted the session? I suppose the fact it, it kind of worked was <laughs> pleasing yeah. in the back of my mind. I was thinking, Oh, this is, you know, at what, at what point do I abort and start telling people what to think? Um, so that didn't, that didn't come about. It was good to see. So there was a good example where the, the next day, um, one of the guys that I'd been working with speaking and he, he came to me and he sort of said, look, I, I realized that I can't change that person, but I can change the way that I react, interact with them. And that will affect how they work. So to see someone had been thinking about the discussion and then the next day sort of almost volunteering before I had a chance to ask, you know, what's been better you know, volunteering a, a sort of an incident of a realization that he'd had. So, yeah. And that, that goes back to the point that you made earlier on, Matt, isn't it? In terms of, cause you, you did specifically ask them to, to say, you know, what difference would this make to other people? And it sounds like this particular person has really thought about that deeply and come up with ways in which they've realized that this whole stuff is interrelational. I, I, I think so. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, I, I can't say quite what impact that's going to have exactly, but it was very reassuring to have a conversation that was entirely f- followed up from the things we discussed in the team meeting. Yeah, absolutely. So clear that, you know, you know, one person, <laughs> one person got something that, that, that having that, having that affirmed was, um, was, was a good, you know, it was a highlight certainly. And um, what else are you pleased about in terms of, uh, in terms of the session that people people enjoyed it and that the um my, my colleague who's another senior manager who who based based out in india that he 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 got it very quickly and he was able to sort of raise questions to the team about things that he he wanted to discuss but he managed to refer things back to the you know very quickly referring back to the scale, referring back to our sort of best hopes and things. Wow. As a team. So it, it, it's not like it was really complicated or anything, you know, smart guy, you know, good, good, good manager was picked it up very quickly and was able to, to sort of do my bit and ask, you know, ask, ask additional questions and, and also translate a little bit because there is a cultural aspect here, you know, the, the, yeah. English is not these guys' first language, etc. They all speak fantastic English. Don't get me wrong; they're incredible. But but you know, there's a cultural thing in there. So he was able to um, uh, translate and explain things, perhaps in a different way that people would uh, would appreciate. So that's remarkable, then, isn't it? Because it sounds like it's not just the scale that you've left behind, but because because this you know your peer who's based out there 
is has picked this up so quickly and is talking that language there's actually people there now within that environment who are going to be leading presumably in a solution focused way so it sounds like you've left that gift as well i'd I'd like to think so i mean i i i i whether that's going to carry on i i I don't i don't know i i'd like i mean i'd love to think so we'll have i I think i need to keep it up at my end keep the conversations coming keep the keep the uh discussion in that way but you know i feel like a seed has been planted at least absolutely and what else are you pleased about i'll ask you the what else question just the one more time (laughs) because it's (laughs) it's always tough when the what else has come but what what else are you pleased about either about the session or about how you conducted it well, I suppose, I suppose the sort of this, the fact that we're that we're talking, you know, it's it's another one of these strange sort of things that happen when you start working in a solution focused way. Yeah, you, you start say you just start sniffing out opportunities, and they present themselves, and you start taking them. And I didn't, you know, I didn't come back to the to our to our group where we meet and have chats, you know, with anything other than oh, guess what I've been up to, and then. A couple of weeks later, here we are discussing it. So th- th- that yeah. reassurance that, you know, if, if, if you trust this solution-focused stuff, it kind of leads you places. Yes, trust the process and see where it takes you. Yeah, or, yeah. and just sort of <laughs> just kind of enjoy it a bit, which is, uh, is unusual for most, uh, you know, approaches. <laughs> it's, supposed to, you know, it's supposed to be about discipline or something, I'm not sure. But this well, one th- is about following your opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well it's... Um, it's it's a real gift for for us and for the listeners here to actually hear you break down a case study in such a in such a detailed way as you have done, Matt. So thanks very much for that. I'm glad you say case study, not just to hear me break down. But <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that strikes me as well is because we spoke early on in terms of how traditional sort of training sessions, team meetings, and stuff like that tend to go. And like I say, I've been on the receiving end of of those, and I'm sure I've done them as a trainer as well, where you have a room of 15 people and then the expert comes in and you get the the contents of just one mind when there are 15 other people in the room. And the thing that strikes me is by using this approach, you've actually kind of honoured their expertise and you've got this hive mind of 15 different people, 15 different experts and geniuses in the room who've been yep. able to contribute. And, and I'm guessing that that's, that's going to give 15 times more value, at least, than just somebody coming in and telling them what to think and what I, to do. I, I totally agree. And it was really satisfying at the end to look up and I had a whiteboard just entirely covered in scruffy writing of none of it came from from you know every word on there was had been shouted out by someone it had been an idea by someone so it was really satisfying to see a a full board yeah absolutely of of, of words that you know all all positive in their own way or all all, um, productive in their own way yeah, that's 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 an incredible thing, isn't it? To be able to look back and and see all those ideas in front of you, and then realise that you, as the trainer, didn't actually come up with anything other than the questions, the wonderful questions, which yep. brought all these ideas into the room. That, that, that's that's right, you know, and and the fact that these questions came from just reaching out and asking a few people, "What would you do in this situation?" Here's some here's some helpful bits, and then that just let, and then the training I've had just sort of went with it. 
Yeah, and that's what I love about Solution Focused as an approach, that it really does honour the expertise of other people. And I think when we go into a situation as an expert, we we take away from the others in the room. And the thing I love about Solution Focused is it does absolutely the opposite. It it, it makes us a bit smaller in the room and, and therefore brings everybody else to the fore. Absolutely. No, no, I, I totally agree. It's it's fascinating in that respect, you know, it, you, it means you're, you're, you're kind of discovering these ideas as they come out rather than yeah. telling people this is how it is. I'm, I'm curious as well, just for my final question and thanks for your time, Matt. It's, it's been really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm remembering that this is the first time that you formally applied this. I know you've got some sort of, you, you've trained in it and you've, you've mm-hmm. kind of read about it and you've applied it to your own life. But in a in a work environment, this is the first time where you've kind of saw that opportunity and and implemented it in in this kind of more formal environment. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what what your advice would be, or um, obviously not that we tend to give advice too often as solution focused <laughs> practitioners. But I'm curious what your thoughts are if somebody was listening to this and has heard you break down what you actually did and thinks well. I might not have done this before, but I'd like to try this myself because I like the philosophy of this. I like what it brought into the room, but they've never done it before either. What kind of thoughts could you share with them in terms of, um, you know, maybe inspiring them to give it a go? Oof. Um, well, I, I think I could, I haven't really given that a huge amount of thought, but what I would say, I'd say go for it really. I mean, the, it's it, it's one of those one. It, it, it's not gonna it's not gonna go wrong. That that's what I realised. You just even yeah. if the question doesn't work, you just ask a different question, or you know you, you're basically trying to work. You know to establish some goals, and then describe a future where those goals are met, and then look for instances where they're happening now. That, yeah. that, that's the basic structure. And if you can, there isn't a as long as you're sort of working towards that then you're gonna you know you're, you're gonna do it right i mean there's there's questions that will get you there quicker no doubt but there isn't there isn't if a question doesn't hit then you just ask a different question that's what i kind of realized yeah i love that summary you've just given um so what was it there were three steps there that you said wasn't it set the goals describe a world where those goals are met and find some instances where they're then, already happening Yes, I mean, I mean they're not. Uh, <laughs> I didn't come up with that. That's uh, you know, that's how I see uh, solution focus in its core. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, very, that, that's very concisely summarised, Matt. Yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for your time. It's, it's been fascinating listening to that actually being broken down, and and hopefully it's interesting to people who are new to to solution focus, and hopefully to people who maybe have tried solution focus in different areas of their life who are looking at how they could apply it to their organisation too. So thanks very much for your time. It's been very interesting. It's It's been great. Thank you very much, Alan. You've been listening to the Solution Focus podcast, the official podcast of the UK Association for Solution Focus Practice. To find out more about us, visit ukasfp.org. That's ukasfp.org. Our best hope is that you'll spread the word by sharing the podcast with your friends and on your social media. Even better would be to rate us on Apple Podcasts so it's easy for others to discover the show. And if you'd like to contact us 
or even be a guest on the show yourself, just write to podcast at ukasfp.org. That's podcast at ukasfp.org. Until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye.